0: hey everybody welcome back Uh, I know it's been a long time since we put one of these out Uh, today you got me Greg and uh, Scott and brother Ken here as well Uh, we'll be getting started today on a a subject for me that's pretty difficult Uh, The more I thought about it when we dove started talking about uh, topics was uh, divorce and remarriage Um, I think I'm the only one at the table that's actually went through that so um, will either be sending me to Hades or working through it. I'm just kidding. So, uh, with that being said, uh, we are going to get these back rolling. Um, we had a meeting last, last week, two weeks ago, wasn't it? Um, about trying to get this on back on a more consistent basis, um, and not have such big gaps. So the goal is to try and push for at least one every two weeks like we were doing. And, um, keep that rolling uh, so that we're not missing or have anybody fall off and get uninterested in what we have to say or what the Bible says about certain topics um, with that being said I'm going to turn over to Ken to let him dive into our subject
1: Hey everybody it's good to be back online again and uh, I know this is a kind of a tough subject for those white gray who have been divorced and remarried I know that the, the church has had kind of a gauntlet of different teachings on it um, based on different views. But what we're going to do is we're going to try to stay in the Scripture and just read to you, you know, what the Scripture teaches us about it. Let's, let's first of all just make something really, really clear that divorce is not the unpardonable sin. Um, I've had people say to me that if somebody gets saved, and they've been divorced and remarried, that they can't preach the gospel ever again. There's just no truth to that. So we're going to do our best today to kind of run through this for you. And then hopefully if you have any questions, you can just let us know. Um, And then we'll try to address them next time that we have a podcast. Where we want to start is in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 32. This is Jesus talking here. Um, We can back up a little bit. You know, just to let you know, um, a lot of people, and I want to make this clear too, sometimes young people get involved with each other and before they get married, you know, they might be involved in sexual relations and they might say to you, well, we're already married in God's eyes because we've been together for so long. But I want to point out to you that what would be the necessity of a writ a divorce if there was not some type of paperwork saying uh-huh. that you were married, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty important to point that out, even though that we don't see that. I I certainly believe that the scriptures are definitely implied. Um, and people say, Well, there was nothing like that at the at the marriage supper. Well, the the you know, it's it's obvious that that was already taken care of because they were already at the marriage supper, mm-hmm, right? So right. it's not something that Jesus would have talked about. But, you know, so here in Matthew chapter five, I just kind of wanted to throw that in there. Um, in verse 31, it says, if it had been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of the Now, <clears throat> understand that in the Old Testament, men were marrying more than one woman. Um, they had multiple wives, they had multiple wives right up till the coming of Christ. Um, and, and, and after, you know, after the coming of Christ, right? Um, Jesus here is trying to get them to understand that they, even though they had multiple wives, they just couldn't put them away just because they didn't like them anymore. But that's literally what would happen you know, they would take these multiple wives, they'd have children with them, then they'd put the child away. And this still happens in some third world countries. It's an issue that happens in places like, you know, Africa. There's places in Africa where they still take multiple wives. There's, you know, different, different places around the world where they still marry multiple women. And of course, you know, this is just simply because of man's lust for flesh, you know, it's, got to, it's, it's the main reason. The other reason, though, culturally in that time is you were considered to be extremely wealthy, the more wives that you had. So it was a status quo kind of thing, right? But Jesus here is trying to get it straightened out with them, saying you can't just give your wife a right a of divorce just because you just woke up one morning and decided she was ugly. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Um, he's saying, so he puts down some parameters here. He, he gives them some guidance about the only reason they can can divorce. And so that's what we're going to read Matthew 5, 32. It says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication. Now, I want to be clear what fornication means. It's harlotry. It's adultery. um, It's figuratively idolatry. We know that he's not speaking in a figurative sense here, so he's definitely discussing idolatry. If you look up the word fornication to you can also see that fornication in some places in the scripture means sex before marriage right so mm-hmm. but in here fornication it, it's pretty plain it, that it, it's adultery right so jesus goes on to say that if you put your wife away for any cause other than adultery um then you cause her to commit adultery and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced commit adultery mm-hmm. so I want to be clear here that you can move in to sin um, if there is no adultery involved. So Jesus makes it pretty clear the only reason you have a right to get a divorce as a Christian is because of adultery. There are really no other reasons to get a divorce. now, with that being said, for people who've been out in the world, who've been married and divorced maybe two or three times, and they come in and they get they they you know get saved and they're divorced at the time, that sin is under the blood. He's talking about you know Christian relationships here. He's talking about you know explaining to the Jews because at that time the Jews were supposed to be the folks who were living right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus now, the
0: Pharisees. I, Asking right there, correct? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Pharisees the one pinning him.
2: Yeah, they're they're trying to pin him down. Yeah. Can they, uh, something with what you had just said, I've actually heard of preachers who feel so strongly about this, that when someone comes in that maybe was divorced in sin, that they've actually told them they need to leave their current spouse and go back to that first person. Uh, break up marriages. I've heard of it happening where they they actually break up those marriages and tell them they need to get that they're living in fornication and they need to go back or in adultery. Um, so but I don't think the Bible, that's not what the Bible is teaching Well, I mean what you know this is the thing I appreciate about God's word and spirit is they're
1: logical yeah and they are rel- they're you know they're relevant, they're realistic. And this is what I want to say just you, you take that that scenario there, didn't he actually do it exactly against what Jesus told him to do? Because yes. he'd have to divorce the woman that he was married to. Exactly. <laughs> Go yeah. back to the yeah. woman that he was with before. And so if you really think that through yeah. logically, then he's adding sin to his sin already. Yeah. And, and so there's no way that you can justify that. I've I've heard that as well. You know, I've heard those scenarios taking place. But and a lot of that has to do with the fact that. There's just a misinterpretation of what the scripture is trying to teach here. Yeah, what Jesus is actually dealing with here is not so much the the, the thought of marriage and divorce as much as it was they were such nasty fellows that they were just putting their wives away mm-hmm. for anything. He's yeah. talking about a heart condition here. Is really what he's talking about. You know, if, if if we really start to look at this, there is no way that if a guy is out in mm-hmm. sin and he's divorced, that he can't get saved, become a Christian, and marry a Christian girl. Now, let's take another look at it. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, um, and I didn't write these down. Seven. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter seven.
0: Yeah, that's one I've uh, I've been Um, reading that one.
1: Yeah. So I have, I didn't write these down because I've looked at them quite a bit for quite a long time.
0: First Corinthians seven, I think verse uh, eight is where he kinda well seven. He
1: he does, but let's let's get back up in. Let's start reading in verse one just a little bit. Matter of fact, Greg, why don't you read that for us real quick? Just start in verse one.
0: Uh now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So
1: now do you do we think that Paul here is actually suggesting celibacy? You know, because that's what the Catholics right. suggest, you know, if you're gonna be a minister. You can't have a wife, and that's not what Paul's saying. What he goes on later on to explain this, yeah. yeah, and he explains it in full detail. Isn't it kind of amazing how, even in the church of God, sometimes it happens? We take a little one scripture clip, we mm-hmm. use the carnal mind, and then the carnal mind comes up with a doctrine or a teaching. So he's not telling you not to have a wife, right? That's not what he's telling you. So go ahead and keep reading. Man.
0: Uh, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every...
1: Here again, that's what I was talking about. There's the word being used for sex without marriage. Right. right?
0: Uh, Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife.
1: So uh, before I go, before you go any further there, I just want to add a little snippet right here because I've heard that, you know, this kind of gives a husband free reign and right because his wife supposedly does not have full control over her her body. He's, he's actually dealing with subjection here. That's what right. he's dealing with. And you'll notice he's saying not only the wife, but the husband likewise. doesn't either. Yeah. He's saying likewise. That likewise word puts it on equal ground. Yeah. Yeah. But I've heard, like Scott had mentioned before, I've heard some of these, you know, um, idiotic ideas of what the scripture means, and mm-hmm. that's that, that's not what he's talking about here. So go ahead, keep rolling. Sorry
0: about that. Man. Nope, you're fine. Uh, defraud ye not one the the other, except it be with consent for a time. That you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, uh, and that Satan tempt you not for your incon- incontensis in in incontentency. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment, for I would have for I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And unto the Mary I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife." So
1: you know what Paul is saying here, he's kind of dealing with, and I want you to continue reading a little bit more, but I have people often ask me, you know, can I leave my husband? Sometimes there's drugs involved, Uh, you know, sometimes there's physical abuse involved, and. I certainly believe that this scripture makes room for that, that that a woman or a husband can actually leave their husband or wife and separate from them. However, they can't remarry. Mm-hmm. They can't remarry till they know that adultery has been committed till that the other party has actually you know remarried or that they know that some type of adultery has been committed. Uh, The other thing I think that Paul is saying here, and and again, this can be interpreted a couple of different ways, but he's talking about being reconciled. You know, and that's I truly believe, and I want to make this clear, I truly believe and I have seen it and watch it work and I have counseled couples as a therapist, even in church, that when there is adultery involved, if there can be forgiveness and they can be reconciled, that's exactly what God wants. Mm-hmm. If he can reconcile a marriage, he definitely wants to try to reconcile it. Adultery is a big deal. You know, it's not just the physical sexual part that takes place. Think about all the baggage that comes along with it, the mistrust, the constant worrying of where that party's at. And so one of the things that you have to do is you have to try to start to rebuild that trust with, with you know within the relationship. So when Paul says this here, you know, and unto the married I command ye not, I, not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Well, if you look up that word depart, you know, it says to place room between. You give each other some room, right? Or to 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 not go away, to not put asunder, to not separate. So I truly believe that whenever it talks about you know, let not the wife depart from her husband, that here he is definitely referring to divorce, putting away the divorce, totally separating forever. Mm -hmm. And it said, but if she depart, let her remain unmarried. Now that's Mm -hmm. pretty specific. I mean, if she decides to leave, if she gets a divorce, then, you know, she has to, at that point, remain unmarried. Right. It's just part of what it is. Or be reconciled to her husband. So she's got two choices. Either she can remain unmarried or she can reconcile back to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. Now, it doesn't go on down here to speak everything like we did at the beginning where it says likewise. But when Paul says, "Let and, and let not the husband put away his wife, Everything he just said applies to the husband. Mm-hmm. It, he's yeah. not separating the two. Right. He's just simply shortening the language. Is yeah. all he's is all he's doing.
0: He's like giving one example versus two. Exactly. Yeah.
1: He's just not going to go through the thing all over right. again. If you'll if you'll notice in Paul's writings, you find him not as a writer who constantly repeats himself. You mm-hmm. know, he doesn't do that. He just kind of moves on. Um, but go ahead and keep reading. man. Uh,
0: but to the rest, speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath a husband and believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are, now are they holy.
1: So here again, Paul is saying, if I'm married to someone who doesn't believe that Christ is... The Messiah, or that is not a Christian. He's even telling them here, if they'll stay, let them stay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and what he's the reason why he's saying that is because it's giving them an opportunity to to be able to experience the gospel. When he says is sanctified, if you looked up at that that word sanctified, it means to purify. It means holy. It means to consecrate. It means to be holy. If you look it up from the original. Um, scripture it means to be morally blameless or religious so in other words when Paul's talking about sanctification here he does not mean that if I'm married to my wife and she's not a believer that she's going to go to heaven because I'm saved that's not what he's saying you know what he's telling us is is that the marriage, the marriage. is sanctified yeah. that it's pure and it's holy yeah. And it's right. And it's just, even if she's not, a, you know, if they're not a believer, it's still holy because you're staying together. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really important for us to understand that this is a serious subject. Yeah. You, you can't just be rolling out and divorcing people. I mean, I've heard of people in the church of got a divorce because they went to different churches. And I'm talking about the church of God. I'm not talking about the Baptist Church or the Methodist Church I'm talking about within the ranks of those who call themselves the children of God mm-hmm. there is no way I mean it's just you, you, the Bibles
2: the scriptures pretty plain here mm-hmm. that you can't be getting a divorce for those reasons right yeah I, I was I was thinking Ken it, it might have been good at the beginning um because some people that are listening to this podcast they may not know us right they may mm-hmm. find this they may not know our beliefs like the three of us know each other pretty well Absolutely. and we're filling in the blanks yeah. with things that we're not saying. We know kind of how each of us feel about this subject, but God's plan is for a husband and wife to stay together. Absolutely. Um, the, the rule is no divorce, mm-hmm. but as in other things in, in the Bible, God provides, like you said, um, he provides exceptions He does for things that you can't control. Um, he provides exceptions to those rules and what we're talking about here are exceptions to those rules Absolutely. god's as you said just with with adultery um happening in a in a in a marriage it's god's plan that they stay that that they be together and if they can reconcile then that's really what god wants them to do but if they can't then god provided a way and that's what we're talking about Absolutely. Today. He did. um but you know, I just wanted to make sure that we that we said that for folks that may not know us, right. that maybe are just no, coming absolutely. on and hearing this, that that's how we feel about divorce and remarriage, yes. right? That it's God's plan that that a husband and wife stay together.
1: Yeah. So I think the big thing is is whenever somebody comes in and they've been divorced and remarried a couple of times, and they come into church, and even if they're claiming to be saved. Um, we don't get to decide they're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's not the way that works. Right. Um, you know, it, and we we don't get it. I'll never forget this. A few years back, there was a guy who started coming to church and I didn't know that much about him and he called me up one day and he says, hey, can you meet me in the Lowe's parking lot about three o'clock today? And I was a little stunned, you know, because <laughs> I didn't know him very well. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll meet you in the Lowe's parking lot. So, i never forget, I climbed in his work van and he and he said, could you lead us in prayer? And I said, sure, I have prayer with him. I'm thinking of something really, really serious, right? And the first thing he asked me is, he goes, how come you haven't asked me anything about myself since I've been coming to your church? I was like, what am I supposed to ask? I mean, yeah. He goes, every other church I've been to, the pastor usually comes to me after a while wanting, he didn't call it a background check, right? But it did kind of seem like a background check. And, and he asked me, I'll never forget. You know, I've been divorced and remarried, and I was like, "Brother, that's not the unpardonable sin." You know, mm-hmm. we're not. Yeah. We don't. We don't live that way. We don't believe that way. You know. Again, this this to me is a subject that is that needs to be applied to those who know truth, understand truth, and who are trying to live by the Scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's different for people, and, and I appreciate Scott. You know, sharing that that. You know, the Scripture is teaching us an exception here. However, at the same time, when you know truth, you have to live truth. Mm -hmm. And so those who call themselves to be Christian and they're getting divorced because, you know, the husband doesn't like the way the eggs are cooked anymore, so he's ready to throw the wife out. That's what Jesus was saying in that first Scripture that we read. You can't be doing that.
2: And so, or when times get a little tough, I mean, we look at the divorce rate today, yes, and people are divorcing for just anything, everything, mm-hmm, yeah. just, just well, we can't get a lot irreconcilable differences, right? Yeah, you got a T- you hear a lot.
0: You got that TV show, Married at First Sight. How dumb! Yeah, how dumb is that? <laughs> I mean, I, I've watched it, and I'm like, this is. They scientifically match these people up, you know, and if you don't like them after 30 days, then you put them away or whatever. And I'm like, this is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. When yeah. I, and, and again, I the divorce rate is pretty high in our country, mm-hmm. but it's actually started to come down some. And I'm thankful for that mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. It used to be the divorce rate was so much higher because it was so acceptable. But now... I often tell people if I work with them, I'll say, "Maybe you think the pasture's a little greener on the other side of the fence, but you're going to get over there and find out it's the same grass, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you ought to just settle in here and try to work this one out, right. you know, before you're trying to cross back over another fence. And yeah. it, you know, it's sad because most folks, whenever they do this, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've seen this, you know, it, I've seen it firsthand is they get to a point to where they don't want to work anything out with anybody, and they wind up dying alone. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, it, and it's really, really sad. Um, let's, let's clear up a couple more things. It said in verse 15 there, it said, But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart, brother or sister, is not under bondage in such cases. But God hath called us to peace. You know, I think more than anything that what we need to understand about these scriptures here that Paul's trying to, to share with us is, is it, he's saying you need to go ahead and get married, you know, mm-hmm. because if not, you're going to wind up committing fornication at some point, and it's going to send you to hell. That's pretty mm-hmm. much what he's saying. The other thing he's pretty much saying is when you get do get married, you need to be committed to it. Right. right? You know, it needs to be and it kind of really bothers me i know when i marry people i always use kind of the traditional vows and the last marriage i did was my my youngest daughter and her husband and i talked about it being a covenant or a contract and it's not seen that way anymore it's not seen as important anymore and i understand that that happens out there in the sectarian world But that's kind of started creeping over into Christianity Mm -hmm. as well to where it's okay, well, I don't like how things are going anymore. You won't let me buy a boat or, you know, I can't go out with the girls on Friday nights anymore. So we're going to get a divorce. And there's just no opportunity for folks to try to work through those Mm -hmm. because it's so easy and so accepted, just split.
0: I I think also though, when you're going back to talking about the contract and unfortunately people my age, Get stuck into that millennial situation, you know. But I think that, I'll leave that alone. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Your word's worthless anymore, yeah, and um, and I mean, you could take you know marriage and divorce out of this. I think anything, um, and I think even into the religious world or in the Christian world in the church, uh, that's also the same thing. And that's where you have these. Uh, these pop-up churches that are bringing thousands and thousands because everything's getting diluted. The sin itself is becoming, just like you said this morning in service, um, the sin itself is becoming watered down, like we're becoming numb to it. Um, I remember growing up, uh, there wasn't quite as much television as there is now, but there was still TV and, you know, they had a couple crime shows and things like that. But that's all it is now, crime and murder and horror movies. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the – people are almost, um, how do Become I say desensitized. Yes, exactly. And with you, with that desensitization, then you actually have people dealing with the severity of a contract. Like you broke this contract. Now you're going to pay what that contract entails. And in this case, I mean, going to hell, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. People don't see that anymore because I mean, you can go watch movies on hell, you know what I'm saying? And that's, it's so dis, a norm now, where before it wasn't. So you used to be able to shake on something, and it didn't matter if it was a contract. That shake meant I was going to get it done because of that shake. You know yeah. what I'm saying? My handshake, you know, meant, meant something. But now, to my age, people they're they don't care. You know, they have they have no uh, no drive for that. They don't care if it falls through. They don't care if they don't pay that car payment. They'll go and get somebody to co sign another one. You know, and that's that's kind of the where we're at. The spoiled situation. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, it is that people don't see the consequence and they take those consequences very, very lightly. Now, um, you know, I think back, I know I said at the first of this, you know, that my, my, I'm the only one in here that's been divorced and remarried, but mine does fall under, uh, I feel like I need to say that mine does fall under, you know, Matthew five, that my situation was very clear under what, what Jesus had spoke. But even so, there were still times in that relationship that, you know, I was like, man, this is not working out. You know, this is, I'm just going to bail. You know, I, I remember feeling those feelings at times, you know? Um, and I remember, you know, having conversations on top of conversations with my dad who is a Christian, you know, he's saved man. Um, and dad's like, well, you know, you can't just can't just drop out. You know, you have, you have to figure something out you got to figure. So I did, you know, I stuck around plus I had kid involved, you know, so there's things that happen which, um, know if i should say fortunately or unfortunately you know i i did i qualified for what jesus talked about being able to remarry you know my my divorce fell under that um so that i didn't fornicate remarrying my wife that i have now and she wasn't fornicating because of you know what i'm saying so there was no no boundaries that were going to be crossed because of that situation Uh, i'm not going to dive into it but you know just saying that there's I remember having those feelings at times like i just want to give up you know this this isn't worth it you know um fortunately i don't really have that problem anymore but there is times you know there's there's still times that you're like man this is ridiculous my kids are crazy they're making my wife crazy and that's all making me crazy you know what i mean like i'm like i don't get it you know um but i get it i understand why people want to bail on it but i think it takes the bigger man to you know, saddle up and keep going because the, the consequences are severe. You yes. know, as much as we want to water down what sin is and what what's coming, if we don't, you know, if, if we water it down, then it's it's gonna be bad, you know.
1: You know, based on what you said though, brother Greg, a lot of it comes down to just being discontent. Right. And if we fulfill the scripture of can you know being content, Godliness us with contentment is great gain. You know, Teresa and I just celebrated this past September 36 years, and 29 years of that have been as Christians, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you it had been smooth. It has not been smooth. If we can understand the phases of life that we go through and some of the changes that we go through and what happens to us as we change, and we can learn to communicate about those things, then a husband and wife can sit down and talk about some pretty tough subjects, Mm -hmm. you know, and... I don't, I'm assuming that there's not going to be a bunch of kids listening to this, but it doesn't matter if there is. But there's you know, there's basically three, three subjects that a husband and wife have difficulty discussing, and that's finances, parenting, and their sex lives. Mm-hmm. And if they can learn to sit down and talk about those three things and have conversation about those three things, then they can pretty much talk about anything else that goes on in their marriage. Yeah. I'll never forget I had a veteran just not too long ago who I shared that exact same statement with him. And he said, where were you 36 years ago when my marriage fell apart? Mm Because those was the exact things that we struggled with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here again, when we look at this subject, it's really, really important for us to let folks know that it is not the unpardonable sin. Right. Right. you know, the other place that I want to touch on it, and this is a belief among a lot of people who call themselves the church, some will say, oh, well, you can remarry, but you can never preach the gospel again, right? You can never preach or teach the gospel. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, we're going to give you a little bit of room, but if God ever called you to do something for him, you know, then you're not going to be able to do that. So where that comes from, I want to read it to you. It comes from Titus, is one place in Titus where it comes from, but it also comes from 1 Timothy. You know, excuse me, in First Titus 1 and 4, it says, To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Elders are ministers. If you look that up, you know, it's they're simply ministers. In Titus 1 and 6, it says, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife. The husband of one wife. So automatically, if we think of that in terms of the day and age we live in, right. the assumption is going to be you can't be remarried, divorced and remarried. But, if you, you know, when you start to look up that word, it means one, singular, right? Remember, they were still practicing polygamy. Mm-hmm. And so what Paul is saying that, that you know, here to, to Titus is, is that if if you're going, it, it means you go back and you look at the Strong's, it literally says the primary numeral one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, there's nothing in here about divorce and remarriage at all. Could you imagine, you know, how it would be um, when they're trying to, remember too, uh, that in this time, idolatry was, you know, paganism was the main, it was the strongest attended religion, Mm -hmm. much more so than Judaism or, or Christianity whenever this particular uh, letters being written by Paul. In paganism, it was nothing for them to have multiple women, to have public baths. If you go look at the Roman Empire, they had public baths where men and women mixed bathe, all kinds of stuff. It was openly accepted for men to have affairs on their wives I mean, it was just a lot of sexual sin that was going on during that time, and so you know, Paul and and Christ and the disciples—they're trying to portray a different set of standards for those in the leadership in the church, and so they're saying, "Huh, you can't come up and sit up front like we might do today, and your nine wives follow yeah. you, right? You, yeah. right? Yeah. When we're trying to teach that." You know you need to be the husband of one singular wife. Now, with that said, remember there were those brethren in that day who were Jewish, who some men only chose to take one wife. They only married one wife, and that was it. So that actually happened. So it was possible for them to fulfill this scripture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you go to Timothy, I think it is. Let me look here again. Yeah, it's in First Timothy three and twelve. Of course, he's talking about deacons, and if the deacons need to be the husband of one wife, and again, it's the same number, you know, it means Mm -hmm. the numeral one, it's not actually talking about divorce and remarriage. Um, So it's it's good for those who've been divorced and remarried and who come to services, and they feel like, I mean, literally, this would mean that you couldn't be a deacon, was what it would mean, Brother Greg, because mm-hmm. you've been divorced and remarried. You couldn't be someone who helped to take care of the carnal affairs of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, could you imagine in the society we live in today, with the number as high as it was, with divorce and remarriage at one time? Which again, that number's come down, and I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that. But um, could you imagine people come, what role could they play in the church? What could they do? Could could they teach Sunday school? Could right. they get up and sing a song? Could they play a piano? Could they sing in a choir? I mean, it, it would be ridiculous to put those type of stipulations on people. Yeah. Um, and they need to know that they're forgiven. You mm-hmm. know, So I, again, I want to stress, stress, stress that it is not the unpardonable sin. I want right. to stress that if adultery is committed when two people are claiming to be Christians and living the truth, that God's plan for them is to try to reconcile it. If it can't be reconciled, then whoever, the one who didn't commit adultery has the right biblically to put that other party away mm-hmm. to, to actually request the divorce. But to just say, we don't get along in divorce. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't, I know God's not pleased with that. Yeah. It, marriage takes work. And sometimes it takes a whole lot of work. And people say sometimes marriage is 50-50. That's not true. Sometimes marriage is 90-10. Sometimes marriage is 100-0. This past three weeks, my mother-in-law's been in the hospital. My wife haven't, hasn't given me 50%.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've been lucky to get 10% on some days, mm-hmm. you know, just passing, you know, her being at the hospital and, you got to understand, though. It's now it's my time to be that hundred percent to her because yeah. she can't give that. You know, fifty percent. That's how a real, true, godly relationship works. Right. You, you, you know, you, you pull for each other. Is how it works.
0: Yeah, I, I was sitting here reading divorce rates. Actually, as we were doing that, it says that. Um, here's a minute ago I was reading. It says for every thousand. Divor- or for every thousand marriages in America that as of 2019, they were 14.9 ended in divorce, uh, which is a 50-year low compared to, I think it was back in the 80s through like 2000. And so it was like 19.6, very high. Uh, so they're saying we're dropping below the 50% rate. Now granted that was in 2019, pre-pandemic. All these guys having to stay at home or wives had to stay with their spouses a lot. Actually,
1: believe it or not, I have looked at some statistics about that, especially with the job, and um, it hasn't changed the divorce rate. As Uh, a matter of fact, it's been being reported that some couples are actually finding their relationship richer because for the first time since they've been married, they've actually been able to spend time
0: together. Yeah. And the one thing it did say is that, now, like I said, that study was 2019, so it was pre-pandemic. But it did say that they were um, trends were still looking to stay low. Most of that was a jab of everybody having to stay at home and being stuck in the same home for 24 seven. You know, it gets a little hectic at times. You know, yeah. um, but I don't know. I, I've I've struggled with a lot of this before. You know, trying to figure out. You read the scripture sometimes, and you're like, okay, so where do I fall? You know, where do I fall in a lot of this? And, and I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think that, that God's going to ask somebody to do something. And then it's, it's, with that background, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't think that when it comes to like first Timothy and in, uh, what was that in Titus, mm-hmm. um, where he's talking about having the one wife, I'm not saying that God's calling me to preach, you know, but God's used me in other ways. And I think that it's been rewarding for others, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a ministry because otherwise you'd be, what's the point in the day that we live in people have, I know I can count on my hands, you know, of my closest friends have been married and re you know, divorced and remarried. So what you're telling me in a lot of instances is that with a lot of these ministers like, Oh, well, you can't do anything for God. Yeah. Then what's the point of being a Christian besides getting out of hell? Yeah.
1: yeah so a, a couple of things just to clarify, I don't know if it's with many, but mm-hmm. it is with some. Yeah. And it's you know in the the story that Scott shared, I've I've experienced that personally, where a girl got saved. She'd been divorced and remarried. She came to the altar. There was a minister who went down to pray with her and actually told her, "You need to go divorce your husband and try to get back together with your first husband who mm-hmm. had already been remarried." You know how idiotic is that? I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. you're, you're just adding. Insult to injury. You're you know, mm-hmm. you're adding sin to sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you're just you're compounding the sin. And you know, for people to understand again, we're dealing with two different scenarios here. Yeah, it'd be quite a bit different if I come to you guys today and said I was going to divorce my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was no adultery involved. It'd be quite a bit different. You know, because there's no way then in God's eyes, that's just going to be justifiable. Right. right? You know, and then you brother ought to be saying, well, maybe you should get counseling. Maybe you should try to work it out. Mm -hmm. And and I do want to say, and this is kind of that fine line. And I know that it's, people may disagree. um, But there's times when people go through a lot of things, they they might start struggling with some type of mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they might start struggling with, you know, fear. Um, There could be a lot of things that happen in that relationship. I'm not really sure that you get the right to just check out whenever those things happen. You know, Um, at the same time, I'm not anybody's judge. So Mm -hmm. I don't get to decide what you're allowed to go through and what you're not allowed to go through. All I can do is share the scriptures with you and then you have to decide what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But basically, going back to Matthew, one of the things that's really important for us to understand is Jesus just chose that subject just because of the hardness of their hearts. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if you keep reading, he said it's because of the hardness of your hearts that you gave that written divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, God, God wants it. God wants those things to work out. He yeah. wants you. And let's look at this in the right context, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to be married in heaven. We're are married and are given in marriage in heaven, we're neither male nor female. Now we might be wanting somebody to have a podcast about that since I shared that scripture, right? Mm-hmm. But the male and the female part is for that companionship, right? right. Yeah. Here on earth yeah. and for reproducing, right? There are some of those f- preachers who say, you know, that's all that it's for that's not true right. god meant for a man and a woman to enjoy themselves to be a, have a very substantive to relationship both physically intellectually emotionally spiritually all around he mm-hmm. meant for all of that right yeah. um but if people need to understand there's there's no reason for that in heaven right you know there you don't have that in heaven um you know, you I will know my wife in heaven as Sister Teresa, so I better be treating her as a sister mm-hmm. here as well, not only just my wife. Yeah, I wouldn't say things to Sister Andrea or to Sister Dawn that I shouldn't have the liberty to say to my wife. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, she needs to be treated with respect. And you go over into Ephesians, and, you know, that's part of the reason why there Paul said to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Well, Jesus didn't just die for the church. Mm-hmm. He was dying for it and respecting it and loving it long before he ever went to the cross. Right. Yeah. And so people need to
2: see that in our relationships as well. Yeah. I was sitting here thinking um, something I love about God is that he is fair and he is just. Amen. And several of the topics that we've talked about on the podcast, um, you know, people can get fanatical about anything. Brother good. Ken mentioned pulling out a small piece of scripture and basically creating a doctrine or a teaching on that piece of scripture. And we've touched on things today about, you know, folks that are preachers that have told people that they need to go back to their previous mm-hmm. husbands or wives or that um, if they uh, have been divorced and remarried that they can't really do anything for God. They right. can't teach Sunday mm-hmm. school. Um, it's really important to stay in the middle of the road. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, because I know people personally who feel very strongly one way or another about this particular subject, and I know mm-hmm. Brother Ken, you know some folks yeah, too. Yeah. Um, sometimes it is hard to stay in the middle of the road on these subjects, but when we when we look at the scriptures, I found that God is always fair and just. Absolutely, yeah. and I don't believe that it would be fair and just to tell someone that yes there is for this reason you can divorce and remarry but you can't ever do anything for me you just have to sit in the pew you can't testify you can't sing you can't teach you can't exhort you can't that would not be fair and just it wouldn't be um pay your time and yeah (laughs) make sure you pay your time we'll accept your time yeah um but I'm thankful that if we, if we study the scriptures, we'll find that, that God is logical. He's, mm-hmm. You can follow the reasoning. He is fair and he is just in what he says. Um, and I believe we found that in this podcast as we've talked about some yep. of these uh, topics that people can really get far left or far right on. Mm-hmm. You can find a middle ground. Yeah. You can find where God's at. That, that's where he's at. He's, he's there in the middle fair and just
1: something that's always really helped me is the scripture that said i'll have mercy on whom i'll have mercy yeah. mm-hmm. and we think that that just simply applies to the judgment and god allowing someone to you know come into heaven that we may not think would come in but I, you know just a little quick eye opener for all of us we won't be standing there whenever it's being the decisions yeah. being made we're not part of the decision we don't get to decide those things but i often think about how he exhibits that mercy here now you know with because that's what you're talking about scott you're talking about mercy yeah. he didn't just put a law in place and said okay well if you've done this you can never have anything no that's not the god we serve right we see him wanting involvement we yeah. see him wanting us to be involved right how do we know that? The parable of the talents, right? He, mm-hmm. he gave them talents. He wants you doing something. Yeah. He definitely wants. Now, I doubt all four of those characters were probably all good fellows, right? Right. They probably all had their issues because we live in a human world. So who knows how the mercy of God can be extended, right? Yeah. We have shared what the rule is. We have tried to show that there's a possibility of an exception mm-hmm. not probable all the time but possible yeah. and that there's balance in the scripture right. the thing i like about this podcast that we've just done is i think we have presented balance mm-hmm. and i think if more people would do that it would make a difference in our services or difference to people wanting to come yes yeah um, i just think it's important to portray that
0: yeah my final my last thoughts i've got on it is that it's it's really none of y'all's business where I am with my relationship with my ex-wife and my current wife, because you're not the one sending me or taking me out of heaven or hell. So and I'm not, please don't, I know that tone may have sounded a little rough, but I, that's not how I meant it. What I'm saying is that at the end of the day, as, a, as ministers of the gospel, we should, be pre- we should be preaching these things just as we presented them today. And then it's really up to you because I can't make the choice for you, Scott, to go to heaven or go to hell. I can only give you what's given to me. You know what I'm saying? And and a lot of times, you know, it's not your choice if I come to the church and I'm in a divorce situation. You know what I'm saying? God put could have put me in that church and you could have just sent me to hell. You could have just literally turned me away. And that's not what we're about. You know, that's not what we should be about. And that's not just in marriage and divorce. I'm talking about anything, man. We've had some rough characters come in church, but that's not our call. No. We didn't bring them here. I mean, I think part of half the battle is getting them in the in the house. You know, I think God will do the rest. I had a preacher tell me one time, um, plant the seed, the plows are coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but just getting them in the house is the plow. I mean, it's, you know, most of the time with these, con- the converts, when you're converting, happens in the house and a lot of times because you fall under that that like uh, the spirit we talk about you know in church how our services are spirit filled and things and when that spirit comes down that's what brings it out you know um me and me and my wife were talking today about a lot of people don't want to come back to a situation they were in before in the church. Like if they've came to church before, experienced the gospel and then left the church, you know, and then uh, down the road they experienced, but they may be ashamed to come back, you know, yeah. and we shouldn't be pushing that stuff. That's not our call. You know, we should be in, come on, <laughs> come on home. You know, just like Jesus called us home, come on home. It's up to us to be bringing them back in just as Jesus will be bringing them back in, you know. Um, I do appreciate this because it's helped me a lot in my mind. just. I was very nervous about how this was going to go. I mean, I know the scripture. and I know how the scripture is laid out. Um, but like I said, in you know, in Corinthians, my favorite part of the whole Corinthians 7, he says at the end, he says, but God hath called us to peace. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, God doesn't want you living in a beat down situation. You know, God doesn't want you getting beat on by your husband or by your wife, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever the case may be. You know, there's, there is that. There is that little area there that God allows, you know. But And like you said, you know, God, I think, you know, a lot of people just, you know, they put this, oh, God is love, God is this, God is that. But at the end of the day, above all things out, God is a just God Yes. in everything. Yes. Sometimes that just doesn't feel good. And sometimes that just feels great. So they can bring those emotions that we call God, love and peace and all that stuff out. But that justice that god is there for he's a very just and fair god that he's not going to put you in a situation that what did we say this morning he's not going to provide a way to get out of right. you know um so i do appreciate this so much um
1: great if i could add one thing you know i don't i won't marry people unless i have an opportunity to counsel with them mm-hmm. for about three months at least seven mm-hmm. sessions for one hour because I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. I think it hurts God when people divorce. I think it, it bothers Him. Um, I think there's something to be said about people who can stick it out, mm-hmm. who can work through their rough times. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a very serious thing. That's the reason why it shouldn't be entered into lightly. That's the reason why it should be considered before it should be seen as a lifelong commitment yeah. you know? and no matter how things change or how tough they get you've got to work through that mm-hmm. you know and if you're not willing to do that i wonder how things will be in your salvation whenever things starts getting a little rough a little rocky whether you're going to be able to work through that you know so yeah. just think it's important people understand it 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 is very sacred in god's eyes yep
0: well, guys, I appreciate this. Um, I'm sure everybody that's listening is going to appreciate it. It's been a very challenging but interesting topic at the same time. Um, we haven't decided on the next podcast I yet.
1: I think we'll be able to, I'm almost positive, we'll be able to do the next podcast on racism in okay. the church.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was supposed to be this one, but we had some uh, schedule changes.
1: racism exists in our world. Mm-hmm. We're going to specifically deal with racism for those who call themselves Christian and yep. have been who've suffered racism at the hands of others who have called themselves mm-hmm.
0: Christian. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be an interesting topic, uh, to say the least. Uh, I think it's awesome how we're diving back into these. Uh, our lineup, I believe, is pretty heavy on some uh, some real humdingers we're going to be dealing with here in the next little bit. Um, but once again, I appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll tune in with you here in a couple weeks. Uh, remember to like, share us on uh, Apple iTunes. We're on spotify and we're also on it's called odyssey now used to be used to be radio.com but now it's called odyssey Um, so we have three platforms that you can share us um, and then we'll also be on our facebook as well Uh, we appreciate you love you have a good day